What's up, everybody? It is I, Sigma, and we are back with episode 30 of the BBET Gamescast. I'm joined by Superman Jeff. What's going on, people? As well as Mr. Gamer. Hello there. And Blue Bones. It's your boy. What's going on, fam? So you see that intro is slightly longer. That's because Mr. Gamer is now an official full-fledged member of the BBET. Hey. So he's not a guest anymore. He's going to be on these podcasts pretty much every week going forward, God willing. <clears throat> but as we do always, we're going to start with what we've been playing. And uh, as you know, we've come off of a bit of a hiatus. We were away from the holidays. We're coming back. We're calling it season two. So we've probably got a lot of stuff that we've been able to play yeah. and fit into that time period. So uh, does anybody want to go first? No, I can start. I'll go first. All right, go ahead. First. Um, <laughs> so mostly been playing, and I think Blue kind of wraps into this. Mostly playing just a lot of Borderlands, but a lot of Borderlands story. Yeah, 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 this is true. Yeah. Finished the main story, um, and hunting down those anointed weapons. Yeah, man. Uh, is that is that the class above legendary? Anointed. Yeah, it's a so you'll get legendary. It's like an added feature. Yes, then there's legendaries that are anointed, ah. like blessed, where you have an extra perk at the bottom. That that like drastically increases the weapon's damage. Okay, it's normally so, class specific. Um, yeah. At least the good ones are. There are some that are. So wait, you know, can you after this, can you get one that your class can't use? Yes, yes. I picked up one for a siren. Oh, that blows. So what I did was I, I gave it to somebody who had a siren class because. Well, I, yeah, I guess it encourages the trading then. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Or you could just make your own siren. Who's True. got yeah, time for that? <laughs> I, me, this guy. And the, and the I'm gonna be I haven't been finishing games like that. Uh huh. Probably not. Probably not gonna uh, make another character. Um, yeah, that's kind of uh, the boat I'm in right now. Yeah. So me, me and Blue, we were doing the uh, slaughter, slaughter them, slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse three thousand, bruh. Okay. We almost finished it. Got a little hiccup at the end. Blue left. What? Blue had to go. Was that the hiccup? <laughs> Blue had to go. Blue that was not the hiccup. You died first. No, we died. We died. Look, this is Blue. Was like, I'm gonna pick you up. I'm gonna pick you up. Oh no, never mind. I can't. I couldn't. Like, what, 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 well, to be fair, like, it's really difficult to pick people up in Borderlands Three for some reason. Yeah, it is. It is kind of wonky. Yeah, like, if you move even a little bit. It just, you like, just, just you don't have a button prompt anymore. Yeah. Like, usually I just, I'll just focus on killing somebody to get up. But, you know, he was like, I'll pick you up. So I want him to feel like he was important. So I was like, okay, I'll let Wow. I left my feet in his hands. And guess what? Lost. You did a trust fall, and he yeah. got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get distracted. I just got distracted by trying to survive. I guess maybe like that. <laughs> I, I went back on and I finished it. Um, what's the wow. really good rewards? So I did go back and do the slaughter, um, slaughter something. There was another one. Slaughters is three of them. Oh my uh, goodness! There's the know that. Yep. The siren of sisters, and then there's a the slaughter, slaughter. House? No, we did Slaughterhouse. There's another one. There's a third one. The okay. third one is, was a lot more rewarding. The first one we did, I didn't really get like maybe like two legendaries. Mm-hmm. This next one I did though, I got like eleven legendaries by oh the time it goodness. was over. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did that one, and then I went on and did the. Uh... So they they uh, adjusted the Malawan takedown. Malawan takedown. Whenever you went in, it automatically scaled to as if you had four people, even if it was mm-hmm. only one person. 
Oh, wow. So for a short period of time, starting yesterday, they adjusted it so that way it's scaled to one person if there's one person in there. So it's a lot easier now for solo players to go in and just play okay. by themselves. So I went on and did some of that, and that was actually very rewarding as well. So I actually want to go ahead and um, probably do that another day. Um, but um, I'm doing a lot of damage right now. Got, you are. Um, and that's all that matters. A, a little bit of damage. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much Oh, played The Witcher on stream. So yeah. Tuesday? This past Tuesday? Wednesday? Yeah. This past Wednesday. That was a lot Wednesday. of fun. We yeah. Played, you know? <clears throat> yeah. So we did The Witcher on stream. I made some progress. I'm almost back to where my save progress was lost before. So in okay. this particular playthrough, we're just at the point where everybody's going to come to Kara Morn and help repel the the wild hunt. Yeah, that, I was Did watching you. That on oh, my bad, Blue. Go ahead. I was going to say, do our viewers slash listeners know what happened to your old save file, Jeff? If you don't know, so I played The Witcher. <laughs> was pretty deep into it. I did a lot of side stuff. I think it was at least like 50 hours in. Um, oh no! And then the disc stopped reading, and I'm like, "Oh, what's wrong with the disc?" So it would not read. So I'm like, "Okay," so I saw we go buy another disc. But then I saw they had the um, the game in the year edition for you know like twenty bucks more. They let me get that. So I get the game in the year edition, and um, the saves aren't compatible. Yeah, they treat like different yes. games. Yeah, I played so Dark Souls bad. 3, and I played that, and then I went and got the Game of the Year edition, and the saves were compatible. Mm. This was a weird one where it wasn't, so Not for I the Witcher. all the way old. So Ooh, it's been a little uphill battle, getting the, the encouragement to go back and do it again, because it's stuff I've already kind of went through, and this time I haven't been as detailed as far as doing all the side quests and hunting down the different pieces of armor. To craft so this time i just want to get back to where i was then everything else will be a surprise because i still haven't gone back and like spoiled anything for myself to know what goes on after that point okay right because right, it, right. it seemed like that was nearing the end of the game like the name of the game no. is called the wild hunt and that's what you guys were like you were gathering a bunch of allies to come and prepare for right but that's that's mm -hmm. what still like the the middle or something this is maybe like almost the middle, but there's still like at least like another sixty hours worth of gameplay. Oh, nah, that's crazy! Goodness. So you about a third <laughs> of the way in? Yeah, Maya, I still got the, the the Blood and Wine DLC, which is another yeah. sixty hours. I heard that on its own is like amazing, like an entire Just whole game. Yeah, that's what and I'm hearing. You got the Heart and Stone, and then you got the um, oh, what's the other one? Blood, uh, no, the Blood and Wine, Heart and <laughs> mm -hmm. Stone, and the other one I can't remember right now, but. I still got three DLCs I haven't done. Now, what the game does allow you to do is you can start each DLC. It'll give you a preset of armor and whatnot for that level, but you then can't go back and do any of the main story stuff. With mm. with that character save, I guess. With that character okay. save. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. <clears throat> so, um, another game I did that was Assassin's Creed, but you could go back and do the main stuff as well. It'll boost you up to the level you need for the DLC. But you can then go back and do the, the main stuff if you want as well. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and that's that's all I've been playing. Cool, cool. All right, Mister Gamer, you want to go? Yeah. Or you want me? How about you, Gamer? All right. So, um, let's see. Streamed into the Gungeon. That was fun and um, heart pounding. Um, <laughs> you were going in on Saturday. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I was. I. 
screaming and controller shaking aside, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, um, my wife actually got me. Uh, it's show and tell. These little things right here, which uh, attach oh. to your Nintendo Switch, and if you notice, they are great. Yeah, that have big hands. Oh my goodness. It is really difficult to actually hold the Nintendo Switch portable. It is. I hate I hate playing it that way, to be honest. Uh, but with these, it's like it, it's significantly easier and that brought me right back into What are what are those called are, actually? Yeah. Are those actual do those go on top of the existing Joy Cons or are they actual Joy Cons themselves? So they're not really Joy-Cons because they're, like, these aren't powered on their own. They're just simply controller uh, attachments. So they replace the Joy-Cons. So, you know, you just slide them in as you as if you were playing um, the Nintendo Switch. And they have a uh, turbo button right here. That's, that takes and, it back. That's old school. Yeah. <laughs> And just like with uh, most elite controllers, there's a button that you can assign oh, to the back. That's wow. fire. So, like, it's, who makes so that? How's it powered? Um, Hori. Okay, makes sense. So, like, th- <laughs> this was so like just having this. It got me right back into playing Pokemon because I did pick up the expansion pass. So Ooh. I've been playing. Ooh. Yep, yep. So I have been playing um, quite a bit of Pokemon. I've also been playing Borderlands 3 with all of you guys. Yeah, um, man. And actually, <laughs> a game that I was slowly getting back into was The Binding, uh, the Binding of Isaac. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I played the prequel but sequel, The Legend of Bumbo, for review a little while back. But I never played yeah. Isaac itself. Yeah, it... I um so Isaac I own on Nintendo Switch and on PC and I was recently playing like um just like the vanilla like no mods on the PC and yeah you can just you can lose a lot of lose a lot of time you can lose quite a bit of time and finally and um I'm not going to say blue blue remembers this um so there was a video game that I was up until about 3, 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my time at Portia. Oh, I yeah. Think, what is that? I, <clears throat> so think of it as it's 3D Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon. That's basically what it is. You are given a workshop mm-hmm. that you then have to uh, make your workshop the best workshop by completing different tasks. So basically it's the standard fare of you need to make um, you need to make uh, some copper. Well, if you want to make copper, you got to go to the mines and you got to go mine it. But in order for you to do that, you need to go make a pickaxe. But in order for you to do that, you need to make an axe. Okay, you so pickaxe. Just a chain. A, and, it, and it just keeps going. Yeah, and, crafting hierarchy. Yes, crafting and, chains. And, <laughs> but the thing about this one is, you actually have to use raw materials to make the items to then smelt or forge the raw materials into something else. Like, you make almost everything that you would actually use in your little workshop. And That's kind of cool. And so I'm, like, you, know, you got a poop, you got to go make a porcelain. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
like <laughs> you can or you can you know buy someone else's or you can make your own toilet and boom make there, there you go you and then yeah toilet. boom that's what the kids call it <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask more about the customization of the toilet features, but I'll, I'll let you continue. <laughs> what kind of slots they got? You put LED lights? Well, so every like item this you toilet. Do, I, I, I will say this. Every item that you make in your house yeah. does give you stat bonuses. What? So you, can, so, so you can make uh, you can make a table. You can make a couch. You can yeah. make a... Uh, merry-go-round. You can make um, an alarm. You can make a wa- you can uh, make a washing machine, and all these things give you certain stats if you put them in your house. Huh? Wow. So you can just okay. you can just cram your house full of couches and be you know super strong. <laughs> I have a side question to that. Ooh. Now, is that essentially what Animal Crossing is? No, Animal Crossing is less crafting. And more Animal Crossing is less crafting and more so exploration because yeah. and you, like social exploration. Yes, because Tom Nook typically gives you your house or something like that. So there's really nothing you need to make. Think of Animal Crossing as um, furry Sims almost. <laughs> that, okay. That actually makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, I've I've never been able to get into it, and I'm not a fan of the yeah. Sims either. So that I guess that's why I never got into Animal Crossing. Like I said, yeah. the trailer and everybody's going like, oh. Oh my 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 co-host Mr. Vall has been counting down the days. I think 68 or 67 more days until Animal until the new Animal Crossing comes out. But that that's basically what it is. You either manage a city, you manage uh, a large town. And uh, now I believe you're going to be managing a deserted island, island that is yeah. part of the uh, Tom Nook vacation package. So um, the, the the biggest thing that I was mentioned to me by my co-host was, oh, my God, we, we can make paths. I'm like, what what, what do you mean by that? It's like, we, we can make a path. Well, but can't you just walk on it? But no, it'll be faster. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why to it's a each little their own. In that game. Yeah. I used to play the GameCube version back in the day, and I don't know why I liked it. I I, I can't honestly tell you why I spent so much time on it, but it was it was fun, and like it felt like the characters were real because of the passage of time, the real time mm-hmm. yeah, um, passage clock. Yeah, it actually like transferred over to the game, so. If you're away for a couple of days, they're like, "Hey, how you been? I haven't seen you in a minute. Oh, I've been doing no, this since you got." Like, don't do that to me. It's it's heavy because if you stop playing for real, for real, like you come back months later, they're like, "Who are you Where? again? Yeah, like, <laughs> where like, have you been? We thought you died. Like, <laughs> like places the you the, just the left your son. Like, <laughs> some okay. Sometimes it's that serious and. On the DS version, Isabel will give you like such a sad face because it's like, yeah. hey, it's been one day, it's been blah day, it's been 2,379 days since you last came. <laughs> and then you'll see like the town is just, just in shambles and overrun. That's funny. Yeah. And they blame you because. They really do. <laughs> mm, work in that town. That reminds me of at the end of, was it Fable? Two or three. Okay. After that war, you see all these dead bodies around town. Mm. Oh, I think that's three. That was three. Yeah, that was three. Yeah. 
Is that kind of yeah. how it is? You go around to see you just dead up. animals <laughs> strewn about. No, 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 I don't think Nintendo wouldn't let anything like that happen. But they they, they do basically make you feel like you kicked a basket of small puppies yeah. off a cliff. Yeah, like the whole place so is desolated, right and you can bring it back, but it just takes time. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so I'll probably skip that. <laughs> Y'all see me around that one probably. <laughs> so Blue, did you want me to go next, or you got it? Go for it. Uh, so, like everyone else was saying, uh, I've also been playing a bunch of Borderlands Three. Went and grabbed wait, wait. it during the break. Yeah, uh, yeah. But my my whole thing is, <laughs> I really don't like to play that game solo. Um, yeah. Like, in all honesty, I'm not having that much fun with Borderlands Three. Like, the game is fine. Like, it's okay. But like, in terms of like the way it feels as a shooter, again, it's fine. Like, well, I do have something for you though. The, yeah. The DLC. It's supposed to be actually better than the main story. But I'm, I'm not paying more to play more of a game that I haven't yeah, been yeah, enjoying yeah. for like. You'll pay for it eventually. But <laughs> I just mean like, I'm just giving you some something to look forward to. And you're right. You probably need to play more as a as a foursome than just by yourself because you were struggling with getting it. So you probably need to be immersed inside of the. Uh, All right. So <clears throat> before Jeff just lies anymore, <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to say that. I can't I can't stop comparing it to Destiny because Destiny took what Borderlands was and kind of turned it into a, a kind of more a bigger living experience. You know what I mean? Like it's the shooting, looting circle, like the gameplay loop, but it's it's just more fun to play moment to moment. Like I would find myself running around on the planets in Destiny just shooting guys with no real goal in mind because that just felt fun by itself. Yeah. And I cannot do that in Borderlands. Like, I get super bored. Like, I fall asleep in the middle of it. So I just turn it off or do something else. Like, if I'm not talking to, you know, one of you guys or somebody else who's playing the game with me, then, like, I, I really just lose interest in what I'm doing. Because I've been trying to mainline the story. Like, I haven't been doing a lot of side quests, which I know for a fact are, I think tend to be problem. more entertaining. Yeah, you got to do the side quests. Because when Easter you do eights. the main missions, they're mm-hmm. kind of far in between, and the side quests really fill up that space. So you're playing all the major points and not getting all the fill-in stuff in the middle. Not, I mean, that's fair. Know. Like, I've done, like, a couple here and there, and those have tended to be a bit more interesting than the story stuff. But yeah. I still feel like I'm underwhelmed by the guns a lot of the time. Um, the abilities that they give you, they lock away most of them for so long. Like, I know it's not an issue anymore once you, like, get towards the end game because you have everything yeah but i don't know like coming off of and thing is it's been such a long time since borderlands 2 came out but now that you're in three for them to then go all the way back and say okay you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this until you get to a certain point in the story just feels weird to me like maybe oh, everybody yeah. doesn't don't, doesn't feel the same yeah it's like yeah. like this is basic stuff that you've had in other games and in the same game previously why not add on top of it as opposed to take everything away again and then say you can't do this until X time for no real reason. These are different folks, man. They they. they but yeah, it, it just it it just annoyed me. <laughs> I get you. I get you. I get you. <clears throat> but I mean, other than that, um, I also popped in The Witcher Three after the Netflix series wrapped up because I just wanted uh-huh. to see how close the game was to kind of how it was portrayed in the TV show. And honestly, yeah, they're pretty spot on with the way. Like the like the narrative, like the feel, uh, the look, like it's all really really close. And the couple of missions that I did were actually very interesting. The very beginning of the game really didn't get very far at all, but I was already interested and invested 
Maybe because I knew a little bit more about the characters coming off of the show, but I do think that game is interesting in terms of like moment-to-moment gameplay as well. I haven't really clicked in with the combat in that game yet. Like, as like so far, I don't feel like it's very good, but I might just need to get deeper into it to yeah to get more gotta, used to you it. You gotta put some. Did you you gotta use some of those points inside your abilities? Right. Yeah. Like just it alters each ability depending on the points you put in. And then you have to assign those upgrade abilities to your slots. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see you do um, stream that actually after your uh, suck you up, just to see oh, and your take on somebody who hasn't played the series before. Mm-hmm. Kind of see your take on it as opposed to to mine. Somebody who's like been like deep in it for a hot yeah. minute. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Sekiro, I picked that back up for a stream, yep. and um. <laughs> Man, Sekiro is punishing in multiple ways. Because I did not run into a boss during that stream, but yeah. I did not have any idea where I needed to go. <laughs> so I spent the majority of the time just refamiliarizing myself with um, just the combat mechanics and like the traversal mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I was talking to characters who were kind of giving me hints like, hey, head over to this area. I would go to that area and just be lost. Like, okay, I've never been here before. I'm sure I've never been here before. Yet there's nowhere I can go other than just right here where I've been. So um, that was frustrating. I did go and look up a guide and then uh, found out that I was in the right area. There was just like a certain section that I missed. Like rather than going up a certain thing, I was supposed to go down a certain thing. And then I would have yeah. ended up exactly where they were telling me to go to. So I will I will get back on track. Like I feel like in terms of like controls wise, I feel I feel like I'm back in it. I just want to face up against a boss to really just rehone my skills because that's because the last fight i did was uh that dude genichiro like the yeah the sword and bow user and man he looked super cool first of all that boss fight is fantastic it's probably the best boss fight i've played in a game since bloodborne and that's probably my favorite uh from software game period and he really does kind of test you as to whether or not you're gonna finish Sekiro, because <laughs> I, I would not be surprised if people were reading Ichiro and was like, "Yo, I can't do this anymore," because yeah. he he for they they force you to play that game the way they want you to play that game. You can't. I mean, there's probably a way to cheese him, but unless you look it up, I'm I'm not really gonna be the one to find that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to learn his moves. You have to parry with perfect timing, and you have to attack when you can't be counterattacked. And when you do attack him. He's probably going to counterattack you at some point, and you have to have the reflexes to stop that when that happens. So if you don't do that perfectly, and then you have to do it perfectly and then have enough life to then learn his second phase of the fight. And you really can't beat that phase unless you do the brand new move that they they teach you right before you enter that fight, which is to parry lightning. So Parry lightning? Lightning. Like the man hits you with a bolt of lightning, you have to parry that and then throw it back at him. And, like, without doing that at least oh, one or two yeah, times, you're not going to finish the second phase. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> but with a sword. Okay, so there's, like, a Sekiro for Dummies book because I've never played the game. <laughs> but with everything that you just explained, I was going to ask you what you thought the most unforgiving part was. I think you just answered my question. Yeah, it's, it's probably that fight. Yeah, they, they really... So worse than the bull was. Yeah, by far. Because you saw, you saw how I struggled with the bull. Like, with the bull, you just need to learn... Because the, the bull didn't have that many different attacks. You just had to learn how how to fend to them dodge off. dodge the ones that he did have. Yeah. And the thing is, you can't dodge with him. 
that like that was the problem like with the bull and with a lot of other scenarios you have to learn the attacks you have to parry them like you can't run away like it won't get you anywhere yeah but um like ma- like the madam butterfly boss before that who was also quite difficult you could kind of get away with spamming attacks on her because uh okay. she'll wear down and if and like she has like maybe one counter to like you spamming attacks to her that you can then get used to but Genichiro, like he does not cut any corners. Like you have to learn to fight him the way, the way it seems the game designed the fight. Like just completely. I think the way you're describing um, Genichiro is similar to if you. I know Jeff has played this, um, but and I know a lot of our viewers have. But the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, mm. Malakos, the um, the Sith that you encounter on. Um, Oh, Dothamir. He's the same kind of way. He's kind of like the gatekeeper. Right. Once you get to him, you decide whether you're going to finish this game or not. Because this dude does not play around. The same kind of deal. If you're countering him, you have to be ready for him to have something for that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and and don't get greedy with them hits. Man. Like, once you get like one or two, just, just back off. Take your time, take your time. Right, you gotta be patient, you gotta yeah. follow the flow. I say they're very similar, being, I've played some second round, I've played some Fallen Order. They're very yeah. similar when it comes to the parry and, and the different type of, uh, how advanced the AI is on a lot of the the enemies. Like, they're not just, yeah. you know, I will say, the, the <laughs> smartest enemies compared to, to most of the, the yeah. um, Souls-related games. Yeah, they're I would like definitely agree with like, that. Yeah, like you, you, you honestly feel like, oh, I did this thing and it started to work, and now they're they they're on to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like this thing doesn't work anymore. Like you need yeah. to change up and like surprise the enemy, like you would in, like a real fight. Like that that game is fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna complete it. Like if I didn't really make any New Year's resolutions, but consider that a New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'm gonna finish Sekiro. <clears throat> but uh, that's right. that's pretty much all I've been uh, playing. What about you, Blue? Um, so yeah, just like the guys said, Borderlands 3, um, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm in love with my character, Flack. I think he is the coolest Borderlands character in general. Um, and I, 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 Beastie Boys. Hashtag Beastie Boys. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what (laughs) me and Jeff both play the Beast Hunter, uh, Beast Master, excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm loving that game. All the side missions were great. I've. It's been a very long time since I've wanted to do side missions in a video game. And um, Borderlands, I think the side missions are probably more, just slightly more interesting than the main story, in in my opinion. Like, there's so many parodies, there's so many, like, deeper stories to the main story that you find in all that stuff. I mean, things that are just hitting me left. What's the name? Um, Johnny, uh, what's so? What, oh, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, yeah, Tommy Wiseau. Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I did that side mission with Jeff, and yeah, that one was actually very Bro, hilarious. That was funny. <clears throat> that was hilarious, and it was. I, I would, I would be surprised if it wasn't his voice in there. It sounded exactly <laughs> like him. Um, no, because Tommy Wiseau cannot act. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Like, so I, I doubt that that was him. <laughs> If he's reading the script, tell me apart. apart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh hi, Mark. Yeah, my goodness. We can talk about that movie another time. Um, But yeah, it it was it was just great. You know, we saw Rick and Morty in there. I saw. um, Oh my gosh, there's. I didn't get to see the Rackman one, which is supposed to be the Batman. Oh, I'll take you to see that one. Yeah, we'll uh, go. We'll go check that out right before this. 
what's that the uh what's the name nine thousand okay yeah score. i know what you're agonizer yeah. Agonizer, yeah. So yeah, Borderlands Three. I've been loving it. Uh, my girlfriend is probably tired of seeing me play it all the time. But tell me story about yesterday. Yesterday with um, wait, you talking about the slaughterhouse? Oh yeah. So yesterday, Miss Merrick and I were getting ready. We we had just had our morning quality time. We were playing Magic the Gathering, oh. and we we're watching something on TV. And we had our little breakfast. We had cereal and everything. So we planned da da da. She kicked my butt. We did a best out of three <laughs> twice in a row. It wasn't even really a game. Um, <laughs> and then we had planned to run some errands, right? So we just got up. We're about to get ready to run some errands. And Jeff texts me. He's like, Borderlands three. And I looked at my phone and I looked at my girl. And she looked at me and she's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, just one hour? <laughs> she's like, one hour. I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Just jumped online real quick. <laughs> Man. But um, first of all, I'm grateful for her t- for. Uh, yeah, big shit out to Miss Merritt. For allowing yeah, you. For allowing the time. me to happily game with, with my boys. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, big shout out to her. That's what you need, some that, that support. Yeah. That gamer love, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, it's not just me gaming in the house. She be playing Magic on my computer if she's not playing against me physically. And then she plays Overwatch like crazy. Um, and some other games we've been dabbling into. But um, So I love her, and I appreciate her. Uh, I've oh. also been playing... Um, so, Game Pass is amazing, once again. This is Another game that I would never pay money for that I'm actually enjoying <laughs> is um, Sword Art Online. Uh, oh, Fatal yeah, Bullet. I saw that hit Game Pass. I actually I downloaded it. it. I downloaded that. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. With it yet. It's better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, I was looking it's at um, I, I was looking at some of the user reviews, and people are kind of saying that exact thing, like, "Oh, it's actually pretty good." I just wish it did this. Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish the customization was a little bit deeper for the character. Like, my dark skin character looks maybe a little lighter than Jeff. <laughs> maybe. Oh. Um. Yeah. So. The customizations I'm not too happy with, but the storyline, obviously, you know, it's going to be man shonen, but it's really cool the way that they've incorporated the anime. Like, it, the character models look really good. The animation looks great. The guns look super cool. And um, I'm kind of liking the, the movement style and the customization that they're... So is this an uh, RPG? It's an RPG, um, and you can play it co-op. There are co-op missions. I'm not exactly sure how far that goes in because I was just playing solo. But they got a huge open world that you create your team out of some of the existing members, um, this AI that you get that's a support character, and your character. Um, And you can really, like, you can really tweak your team and your gear and everything like that. I'm still getting into it, but it's kind of a lot that they throw at you from the get-go. So if you're planning on getting into that game, get ready for a lot of cutscenes um and a lot of talking but once you get out into the open world you're like okay this this action's not as as bad as um as some of the dialogue (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm I'm more interested in how how the gun play mechanics feel and do they let you get that little saber sword that kirito uses like can you can you fake the funk and just be a sword wielder in a gun game (laughs) <laughs> so I don't have enough credits yet, but I, when I looked at the store, they did have a sword weapon. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I can wield it or not, or I have to equip it to somebody else, or what the deal is. But um, you know, maybe maybe I'll stream it this week, and you guys will get to see. So um, okay, yeah, that's that's basically what I've been playing. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's it. All right. So mm-hmm. 
Thanks everyone for letting us know what you've been gaming on. Uh, we're gonna move real quick into blues news for our Super Smash yeah. Sunday recap. Uh, we actually started last week with that, even though there was no podcast. But um, blue, what you got? Blues news. So <laughs> last week on Super Smash Sunday, we had a great turnout for our first um, stream of the year. We had a player by the name of Smash Guy. We've seen him before. He was killing it with Terry this week. Um, he kind of ran the table for a while, then jumped out of line. Uh, now, normally we don't do that, but it happened. Um, and then Jeff took over with a nice win streak with Zelda. Now, um, Smash Guy did come back, and then it looked like he DC'd or he just left. Um, but after that, Jeff took the cake again with Zelda. He was he was really running that table. We had a couple other wins, but the most consecutive wins was Jeff and Smash Guy this, uh, this week. Now... Um, one of the biggest things about this week in particular is the unknown, the evil hand of lag was really messing up a lot of folks. And yeah, I think some of, some of Smash Guy's uh, wins had asterisks on them. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people were saying that. Um, not saying that Smash Guy is not talented by any means. Yeah, he was lag good. Was That's why definitely helping out Terry. Right. That's why the yeah. lag was so annoying because it's like, yeah. <laughs> This guy is like whooping my behind. I know that I can beat him, maybe, but like, how would I know? Because half my button inputs aren't being registered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, there was a lot of lag this week, but we still got to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Jeff and Smash Guy killed it this week. That is the Super Smash Brothers review of the week. Thank you, Blue. We're gonna move no now problem. into our topics. We're gonna start with movie stuff. Um, have you guys heard about this? Warner Bros. apparently are going to start using an AI called Synalytic to start deciding which movies to greenlight for... Well, rather than greenlight, they're going to decide which movies audiences are most likely to go see. Yeah. So, final approval... Final, <laughs> final approval <laughs> will still be handled by a human, like, but they're going to get the majority of the suggestions from a computer algorithm. So if you're a, a, a marketing person um, looking for a low-level job in Warner Brothers, don't do not do it. No right. Way. There's like they're kind of <laughs> phasing you guys out, it seems. I think Automatic checkout here. How desperate we are because they've, had, they've touched each end of the, the bar. So they've had mm. really great success with um, Joker. Right, yeah. yeah. And not great success with Dawn of Justice. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. terrible. So um, I think they... It's showing how desperate they are. That nobody mm. knows what we're doing. We can't decide on a path to kind of get them where they're supposed to be. I think I read the article said that um, they knew they were going to lose a bunch of money on Dawn of Justice. They knew Justice League wasn't going to do as good as they wanted them to do. That it wasn't at the level where they wanted it to be compared to the Marvel sh- uh, movies, but they went and they along with it anyway. Release it anyway, right? Yes. So I feel like. That's what hindered it. Also, there were two directors, and Jack Snyder, and then who ended up with it? Um, oh, um, I can't remember. I can't I'm sorry. Remember, but we had two separate I got Google, though. And um, <laughs> that also affects the, the whole process. Because what that first director's vision was, compared to what that second one's was, right. it looked like there were two separate things going on that entire movie. I think instead of leaving it up to AI, they need a group of people. They need a panel to kind of help decide where they should be taking this. People who have insight into the lore and and also some people who don't to kind of even it out to help decide 
if these movies are going to appeal to not only fans but also anybody kind of like the Marvel movies do mm-hmm. you don't have to be a fan of Iron Man to go see Avengers or anything like that they immerse you in that you don't have to have any prior knowledge before seeing these these movies besides maybe seeing the last couple movies so I just, just think a, the AI situation kind of shows how desperate they are just a little fact check on the uh, Batman v Superman Zack Snyder directed it it was produced by two other folks Charles Rovin and Deborah Snyder so it looks like they kind of kept a small circle on that um, but in, uh, Justice League because nobody kept oh the, the Justice Snyder League oh, yeah. yeah yeah what so when I t- so I took a look at this and yeah um, considering the fact that my job is in IT, whenever I see something where it seems as if there's some sort of automation or artificial intelligence taking over what a human would normally do, mm-hmm. the first thing that I typically think of is, okay, so just as you mentioned, so marketing people no longer need to do this because now we have AI yeah. that Talk can just, me. that can, you know, just simply crunch the numbers and mm-hmm. a line that kind of worried me in here is the system can calculate in seconds what used to take days to assess by a human and in the world of it that's really the most important thing a human cannot crunch data faster than um a computer can a human can be swayed by emotions and things like that and for movies you want that like i want a human to tell me if this is going to really have an emotional impact but on the business side of things I want results and I want results now. Give me the quickest result you can Mm. and then we'll just keep going on from there because I can use 50, 60 years of data to make a very good educated guess about what the next popular movie would be. People have done similar things with uh, fantasy sports where they have whole Excel sheets that break things down like that. So... When I look at this, but it wants to touch something personal as movies, it just I'm I'm I grow concerned because yeah. <clears throat> at that point, if it's going to be an AI that gives, let's just say seventy percent of it, and then the last thirty percent has to be by a human, well, are we going to have AI generated reviews? Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm and I'm being serious because yeah. again, the thing is a computer can crunch that out a whole lot faster based off of whatever parameters that you set for it. And another thing is uh, an AI cannot be swayed by a political stance or, 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 or any other any, any other phobias. You can literally program those out where those just don't exist. Mm. But human beings still kind of have those things back in, in, the, in, the side, uh, in the back of their head whenever they're talking or doing about something like that so um and, and kind of last thing if it can be man-made it can be man-broken um, <laughs> I, I, the, that that uh twitter chat bot i don't was it microsoft that made that uh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about i'm gonna find that too <laughs> right like like that was a unfortunate mistake because was it was just released out into the internet and then the internet does what the internet does it just went ham <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. When it when it comes to movies like that, I mean, I'm I, you know obviously I would really trust like you know Blue or Jeff or like or KC to say like okay hey you know this was good this was bad versus you know 
someone saying like, oh yeah, by the way, this, you know, this review was generated by, you know, review bot, you know, nine, six K and, you know, you should feel like, eh, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> now like, so, so gamer, you mentioned a couple of things. One of the things you mentioned was speed, right? And it's funny because I just had a meeting with one of my producers on this other project I'm working on. And one of the things he said was, you can only have things two out of three ways, right? They can either be good, fast, or cheap. Yep. You can't have all three. You can only have two, right? So that being said, right, I think that, you know, this um, this new AI that, that Warner Brothers is using is going to be good and fast. Now, my question is, how much is the bill for Synaletic to make this happen? How much are is it really going to cost them to make these AI-informed decisions? Is that going to, you know, pull up the deficit that they've been losing from some of their bad movies? I wonder. And that's the thing. It's like, basically saying that nobody can decide, can figure out what a good movie is. And I think it goes back to the writing. The writing is where these movies <laughs> went wrong. Wasn't the acting, wasn't really the special effects, even though Stephen Wolf didn't look that great, that was overlooked. The writing is what's... Mm-hmm. Uh, causing these movies not to succeed we've seen great writing we've seen wonder woman yeah um, some people like aquaman i thought it was okay but you know it was fine i yeah. i liked it better than i thought i would i'm not gonna lie yeah the yeah. second half of that movie is better than the first half but it yeah, was okay. they weren't like, it, <laughs> it kind of dragged a little bit but mm-hmm. to me the writing is where this starts if you fix the writing before anybody even has to decide if this movie should come out that's where the issue lies not deciding if I we see should, you. you know let this bad movie go we need to make sure that the, the scripts are on so where they should be. So, keeping that in mind, what I'm wondering is, at what point in the movie-making stage does Synalytics make this decision? Like, is it before, like, is it during the pitch? They're like, oh, this is a movie that's going to be about this thing, using this license, blah, 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 blah. And it says, okay, let me search the internet, let me search database, let me search history. The chances are people are going to like that. And then it gets written and then produced and blah, 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 blah. Or is it like someone makes a whole movie and then yeah. Synalytics watches the movie or something and then it goes, you know what, this is a hit. Or, you know what, this is really bad. So they just never release it. Like, at what point do these factors from an AI machine come into the decision-making before a thing gets made? Because just like Jeff was saying, like, at any point in that process, you could probably run into mistakes. Like, the computer's not doing the writing. The computer's yeah. not doing the editing or the videography or whatever. Like... You can you can have an idea of saying like yo this movie would be amazing and then someone makes a bad version of that amazing idea like yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender yes. by M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh man! So I, I I can't imagine that there's a world where this thing makes Warner Brothers' job any easier. Like like maybe it'll get lucky, <laughs> you know? Like it'll it'll say oh you guys should go with this. They go with that and it's a big hit. And so they're completely convinced that this thing is the way to go. And then they use it for like thirty other things and like maybe. 15 of them are good and the other 15 are terrible. Like, who knows? Like, I, I don't get why they would want to trust something that's built off of such creativity. Like, it's an art form. Like, to. I think it goes back a, to what machine. Jeff said. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back to, you know, what Jeff said uh, at the beginning. You know, they're grasping at straws at this point. That's what it looks like. Yeah, it seems like they really are desperate. They don't Any know what else help to do. We can get. Everything is a crapshoot, but like, hasn't that been the movie industry like from the beginning? 
the movie much. industry, I think yeah. more Warner Brothers than some of these other studios. I think they were playing catch up. I think instead of making these fleshed out characters and kind of getting you involved with them, they wanted to rush to a certain step. Right. They, they saw what Marvel. Yeah. Up. They saw what yeah. Marvel was doing, and they rushed to copy. And kind of, you, you you could tell that it was a rush job, and like no one responded well to that. Because no. if you think about it, you know, no offense to Marvel, but when you think about the Justice League and Batman versus Superman, those are the the apex of superheroes, where there's nobody who doesn't know who Batman is, nobody who doesn't mm-hmm. know who Superman. Is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are they go f- way further back than the Avengers. They are cemented into comic book history. So mm-hmm. when you make a movie for those guys, as long as it's a solid movie, it's going to do great. But what happens is you get a bunch of people seeing it. If it's not good, those reviews come out. People start talking about it. And then it's that, that first week would have been sold out. The next weekend, no. Nothing. And I think they need to take their time, create a story that's woven into the, the mythology, but not based on you know, one particular storyline and kind of get people involved in it, not just try to jump out. Because right now, I think we got Wonder Woman coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That actually and, looks um, good, that trailer. Was yes. it 1989 or something like that? Is that what yes. it's called? Yeah. There's been talk about a new Superman movie, I think the, but it hasn't been confirmed. I think with the success of The Witcher, I think that might help boost some of that Henry Cavill, because uh, I felt bad for the guy. People were poofing on the Superman movies where he actually did a good job. Yeah, I think he's a good Superman, but yeah. Yes. I just his, think the writing his movie was not there. great. Um, and you have some critics like KC who just. Why do you Man, of, Man of Steel sucks. Man of Steel was terrible. The best part of Man of Steel is when Superman got his cape yoked up in the middle of that shit. <laughs> boom, sit yourself down. Like when he got a reality check, that was the best part of that movie. You're biased too. I'm not biased. I'm just saying I wouldn't run into a tornado and kill myself for a dog. For a dog. When my super son I also wouldn't tell I also wouldn't tell my super son to let a school bus full of his classmates drown in front of his face. I would never say that to him. What about Kizzy? Kizzy, yeah, that it's a cat. <laughs> Kizzy trying to be on the podcast. I saw her earlier. Yeah, she's scratching my arm or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's all I got for that. Hopefully they, they figure out what's going on. Because yeah. I, I do essentially like those characters and would like to see them uh, represented uh, a lot better on the big screen. There's no reason why they shouldn't have been. But the thing is, I don't see how an AI can somehow confirm that me or you will go and pay money to see a bad movie. Like, <laughs> Let's see how it works. I'm excited to see how it works. Like, honestly... If this AI can make me a DC fan, that is phenomenal. But that, but how how would the AI be the one yes. to credit for that? That's what, what I'm that saying. Like, is I think the question. Off of. I, what I you think, got, gamer? I think that there needs to be a there needs to be just a little bit more specification. The AI will not be able to let you know that a movie is good. The AI will only be able to say that there's a probability that people like Blue, people like Casey, people like Jeff. They have in the past done these sorts of things, and because of this, we can say that they would do this. Instant that's market the, research. That, that's the closest that they are ever going to get. And going back to the article, it was saying probability based off of brand and talents and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So if you have, so 
the probability might shift from 65% to 80% because instead of having Seth Rogen play that character, we're going to get Jim Carrey or something, mm-hmm. something like that. And based off <laughs> of just how people's Twitters are doing versus yeah. whoever, versus whoever being canceled, that would do better this time. Like that's everyone's going to be generalized to a box. So unfortunately the AI will never get those nuances of, Let's just say, for example, KC, Man of Steel, did not like that at all. But the algorithm says that people like KC have liked movies like the Man of Steel. So we think that they might really like this. They they really might like this one. You know, it it will never get those nuances, unfortunately. And you just, my bad. You just brought up a really good point. The fact that it um, recommends actors and actresses for roles as well. Like it's going, it's basing that off popularity. One thing that Marvel has been very consistent with is their casting of kind of lesser known, unrecognized people to kind of fill up the roles of these larger than life characters. And like they've done really, really well. They're killing it. So if the AI is looking at, you know. Star power. Right. Like what's to stop it from saying cast Kim Kardashian in this movie? Because uh, um, what? I think there's someone has to read that printout and be like, "No, that's that's let's, that's let's not it." That. Like this was a mistake. <laughs> um, I think this will be a good segue into the teaser of the uh, Batman, new Batman game. Ooh, yeah, right. We'll, so we'll talk our, about that. Yeah, our next topic apparently. Um, <laughs> 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 is. Sticking with Warner Brothers, um, their Montreal game studio uh, sent out some cryptic images. Like it was, it was like cut in half um, mm-hmm. diagonally in one tweet, and then you got the other half another tweet. So some people on the internet put it together, and you could see it was kind of like a seal and coat of arms. And it was—I uh, uh, don't have the, the thing up right shadows. now. The League of Shadows. That's a League of Shadows uh, coat of arms. Yeah, is that what that is. Gotham, the Gotham uh, symbol. The Gotham the PD? Town. Yeah, no, for the town. Oh, just kind for the, like, okay. like the, the city yeah, seal. Kind of like, you know, like a city has their own, like, flag and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and yeah, And it, it had in Latin, um, capture the night. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, everyone, that's... so everyone is basically saying like, oh, that's the Court of Owls storyline that we've been hearing they're working mm-hmm. on for however many years now. No other information was dropped, just that image with those, with that caption. Which would make sense because they haven't done the Court of Owls and, and the, the Batman games. There's been some Easter eggs, sure. but they haven't done... Anybody who's not familiar with the Court of Owls, it's a group who's been in Gotham pulling the strings all this time. Kind of like it's a city-level city, city yes. level Illuminati. Yes, they raise yeah. children to be these assassins called Talons. Um, a good reference would be... Uh, uh, was it Batman? The animated movie would have been... Uh, Batman versus Robin? Batman versus Robin. Yeah, yes. They kind of dip into uh, it a little bit. Gotham had a interesting representation of them too. I don't know how mm-hmm. accurate it was, and I'm talking about the TV show on Netflix. Yeah. Um, my girl and I are kind of pushing our way through that because it it's it's got highs and lows. But the Court of Owls was an interesting organization that you kind of got to see the ins and outs of um, throughout it, and even Jim Gordon was a part of it for a while, for a little bit, um, trying to get some inside information. Uh, so. Yeah, I think if they did follow the quarter hours, it'd be it'd be it'd be a pretty cool storyline. Just trying to really trying to see who's on your side and who's not. 
Um, but, you know, kind of going back to the emblems that you brought up, I just noticed the demon head. And that is a alias for um, Raja Ghul. Mm. Yeah, they showed the League of Shadows symbol. Yeah. Um, and then there's some other spots for some other symbols. Yeah. So I'm wondering when they're going to start releasing those to kind of. They got some of them up, I think. Now, I've never seen an instance where the League is crossed with the uh, Court of Owls, so that's going to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's going to be. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The way I like the way that they're rolling it out. I love mystery. Um, and I love, you know. Little puzzles? You like yeah, that? little puzzles and stuff like that. Did I get you? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I have to figure something out. I think that's what, why I'm still addicted to Overwatch. Because all the releases are little uh, story drops here and there and illusions. Yeah. So, I mean, are you guys excited for another Batman game? I think a lot of people weren't super hot on... Uh, what was it? Arkham, Arkham Knight. Knight. No, Arkham oh, Knight. Knight. Yeah, the most Knight, recent yeah. one. I do not play Especially Arkham one that's not coming from Rocksteady, because this is WB yeah. Montreal. Rocksteady's working on something else that still hasn't been revealed yet. So hopefully they got some... They kept some of those existing things that went on. Because uh, I think the last one I played before Arkham Knight was at Arkham City. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I keep mixing them up. <laughs> um, so I didn't play Arkham Knight, so I am interested in seeing how this unfolds. I did want to see them um, take a different because there was a tease of a Superman game some time ago. So I was hoping. Yeah, to there was see... like talk about it. I don't think yeah. anything was ever confirmed. Concrete, no. Yeah, but I was hoping to see something a good game, a good Superman game. I think there was one a long time ago that was a good one. Bad. Oh, the bad one. Okay, yeah, Superman sixty four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably I'm one like, of the worst games sorry. ever made. Some people would say. <laughs> I'm going to take it one step further and saying that Superman is one of the worst characters. <laughs> no, you are incorrect. Not so you, Jeff, buy just stuff in general. No. I gotta, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to give that one to Blue because he's boring. What he got everything. Is, Come on, I, Jeff. Talk to me. What you got? For, for people who aren't from... So you might have some instance of the lore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's comics I could spit off that you haven't read Fact that course. humanize him or that give you a different take. You're just used to the same Superman. Oh, he's all powerful, this and that. When mm-hmm. that's not really the the essence of the character. There's what is what comics? We'll 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 do this tangent. What is the essence of Superman? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you read this, was it a uh, Superman action comics where he actually got depowered? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, he mm-hmm. lost his powers pretty much. He only had some super strength, and his secret identity got outed. Okay. All right. All right. So now he's forced. He's everybody knows he's Clark Kent. All right. So mm-hmm. he's living this life. He's not Superman. Superman anymore. He's just running around in a t-shirt and some jeans. I think I've seen like, some of this. Yes, he's deep. Is powerful. he still going to work? Uh, I think he kind of took a hiatus. Yeah, I think he was like he was like traveling the country or something, right? He was yes. kind of just drifting. And you get all these big bads coming to see him now because they know who he is. They, mm-hmm. you know, so he's dealing with his vulnerability, not being able to do everything he could do before. Right? Okay. Um, and it humanizes him. He can he bleeds now. You see him in these vulnerable states where you might not have seen him before. I think that is a interesting version of Superman. Yes. Now there's also the version where he had a son. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more. That's actually a new bit newer. Where you do, I think we can't. They named him after his dad. Where you oh. deal with him 
raising his son alongside actually they do like a super sons oh i've I've, I've, I've actually read or had read to me via youtube yes. some of that too that damien yes the damien oh, uh, yeah uh, right he, shout out to him on YouTube. He does a lot of these, a lot of good videos and covers a lot of the comics. Um, mm-hmm. So it deals with Superman issues, but not from Superman. It deals with it from a kid who was born on Earth, who is told about his heritage, who has these powers, who are dealing with kid things as well. You know, his cat dies. And they have to explain to him that type of stuff. So, so he it, doesn't fly backwards around the planet to then bring his cat no, back to life. No, no, <laughs> no he, he could. <laughs> so yeah, there's certain comics you can go. I'm not a big Batman fan, but I love the whole um, Dark Knight Metal, so mm-hmm. a, a amazing series. Okay, that opened me up to the character a little bit more as well. So there's different stories to base the character off. So the iteration you might be basing that you hate on Superman for. There's other. But that is Superman, like popular because you're you're talking about the humanized version where essentially a lot of the things that make him Superman he doesn't have anymore, which is like well, no, ninety percent of other comic book characters. There's even stuff where he doesn't get depowered, where the story's about okay, he finds out oh Doomsday Clock, okay, we find out that his dad didn't die on Krypton, that Doctor Manhattan plucked him off at that particular time, and has been oh I forgot that Watchmen is involved in this. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to check on what that story actually was, but uh, I'll, I'm I'm split on this because I agree Superman is a boring character because of how powerful he is and how he's very rarely under any threat. And when he is under threat, it's like a fake threet. Like, oh, I was in a super coma and I just healed or whatever. I, was, I I don't die. I'm Superman. But I do think because you have a character that powerful, he gets super interesting when you look at it from the angle of this is a god trying to live among men. Like, that is super interesting. And they tried to touch on that a little bit in, like, the Batman versus Superman story, like the movie. Like, Lex Luthor, played by Jesse Eisenberg, wasn't great, but his mindset, I thought, was the right track for a Lex Luthor villain in that world because he was basically trying to tell everyone, like, yo, this, this is a god among us and we should be wary of that. Like y'all, y'all aren't scared of the fact that yeah, like, like that made sense. But um, yeah, in general, I I think they do just kind of play him as a power fantasy character, and it's like when you have all the powers and like all your enemies are just way weaker than you, like that's not compelling to me. Yeah. And like I said, that's not all stories. So you gotta, and that's not even the one that was represented in um, Man of Steel. That's not even the current. Superman. Yeah, that was bad even, for whole other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Reeves. I mean, he dealt with the other Kryptonians that showed up. He got depowered a few times. He fought that Sun Baby, whatever that sun was. Baby. Him. Yeah. Oh my I, God. I know what you're um, talking about. <laughs> I would challenge you guys to explore some of the comics. And I have actually have it on DC Universe. There's all there's a bunch of right. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on DC. that DC. So if you guys want that? I'll give you that info. You can go ahead and, and kind of immerse yourself in some of the lore instead of just being prejudiced. We're Dang. anti-Kryptonian. Ooh, that was a <laughs> heavy word. <laughs> so we're That's gonna jump cool. off the DC train and head yeah. back into video game land. Um, <laughs> Response CEO uh, Vince Zampella, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, he's been tasked with taking over one of EA's other studios, Dice LA. So they're going to rebrand it. It's going to get a new name. He's going to be the boss of that development house, and they're going to start pumping out something. Apparently, Respawn is in the good grace of EA, which has not been doing great as of late. Respawn is kind of their only shining light 
out of their studios catalogs, and now they're giving Vincent Pella more more control over their studios. How? What do you, what do you guys take on this? I think coming off the hills of Apex and coming off the hills of um, Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. I think they're on a high right now. I think they need right. to keep yep. that running, and whatever yep. magic they use to create those, I think they need to kind of let them go. If keep you, it going. If you're not familiar, like a lot of the, there's been a few canceled Star Wars games. Yes, more than a few, actually. Yes. Um, there's a whole video of it. If you go to watch Mojo, it's called, um, you know, uh, top ten cancel Star Wars games, and there's a few of them. Dang. Um, so Ooh, it says that there's a top ten, right? There's, <laughs> there's like um, some bad unreleased Star Wars games. Like that's bad specific. You know what mm. I mean? And there's some that looked actually looked good, but there seemed like there's been a lot of trouble during the. The whole production phase where uh, they're it's there was a whole story about um, same thing happened during um, Battlefront 2. Are you talking about like during the development? uh, There was a lot of there was a lot of trouble during development that led to these bad decisions, like the microtransactions. Like that had to have come from like above the actual studio, kind of corporate. Yeah, like uh, like a mandate. Yeah, because um. For I don't know when this ends. I think it ends soon. But like, for like the past, like EA signed a ten-year deal with the Star Wars license, so EA could use any of its studios to make Star Wars games for ten years, and they've only come out so far with three. It was Star Wars Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and then <coughs> oh, Fallen Order. Excuse me, Fallen Order. Sorry, and then Battlefront. Uh... How, there was a, been a, there's been a couple years between Force Unleashed 2 came out and between Battlefront. But that, I don't think that was an EA game. Oh, like that, yeah, that was before that oh, deal. Oh, before they acquired the license. Okay. Right. So, yeah, EA has only been responsible for, I think, three in that entire time period. And they've had a lot more than that in the pipe and then canceled them before they ever saw the light of day. Now, don't they have a, something in their clause where they have to get some type of approval from Lucasfilms? Probably, I think I think that might be in general. Like they just can't they can't do whatever they want with characters and stories. Yeah, like anything they pitch probably has to be approved from uh, yeah. Disney now. Jedi Fallen Order is in fact supposed to be canon. Yes. Yeah. Oh everything that gets released in Star Wars is canon now. I think right. No matter where it is. Yeah. So we're really excited about that. So I mean, that leads to more like it leads to more. You know, not only Star Wars games, but higher quality games coming from me coming from EA um, because like you said there's been the last few whether that was um, um, Battlefront 2 or not there's been it just hasn't been hit so hopefully that leads to some some higher quality games and some some less influence from from the big wigs up top <coughs> to kind of cash in on those uh, microtransactions and whatnot like what does EA even have in their catalog right now in terms of you know games that they own <laughs> like you see, there's everyone is kind of searching their minds. Yeah. Well, you mean just in general? Yeah. Like what are what are big EA games today? The Sims. Yeah. There you go. Yep, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> the Jedi Sims. Fall in order. You got your FIFA. You got Apex. Well, it, let, let's let's ignore Respawn because they're the ones. They are the only shining gem in EA's crown. But then you have The Sims. You it's have FIFA. FIFA, uh, Madden, okay, like yeah, the EA Sports stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 
No, live is not. <laughs> live is not one of EA's better, <laughs> better games. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's um, 2K. That's Take-Two Interactive. Yeah, uh, Need for Speed. And yeah, they, they just released a game last year, and it was yeah. not good. I mean, it was like yeah. received okay, that's but... the Miami one, right? Yeah, Need for yeah. Speed Heat. That, that hasn't been doing like well. Kind of like a... Was it like Action Racer? It, well, this, yeah. this is my point. This is my point. Like, it's you're struggling to find anything outside of Respawn that's doing well yeah. for EA. I was just about to say Titanfall, and then I just and realized that it's Respawn. <laughs> yeah, that's Respawn. So it makes and a lot of sense. A lot of sense for them to give more powers to um, Respawn CEO. Um, I'm interested to see how that shakes things up. Like, this is just the very beginning. You probably won't hear any kind of announcement about what comes out of this for some time. Because they'll need to actually make something up, <laughs> like start working on something. But um, I don't know what else can they do. Like they literally have, like Dragon Age, I think is on the horizon, right? Like that's another big project coming from Bioware, which has had the last two of its games flop. Anthem I, is supposed to be getting an entire rework, so we don't we don't we don't, we don't know what's going to become <laughs> of that, whether that'll succeed or not by the time this rework comes out. I'm sorry. I you 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 said something that was um, that was like foreign to my mind. What is anthem? Oh. <laughs> I thought you said. Uh, did you did you did you mean failure? Did you mean um, it's so waste sad. of time? With, like that and, game and, had and such an amazing premise. It, it was. was it 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 was like it was like someone told you, congratulations, we're going to be giving you a huge cake. It looks amazing. It smells mm-hmm. delicious. And then you cut into it, and it's styrofoam peanuts. <laughs> there was I no... thought you was going to say vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is worse? There, there, was no, there was no substance to yeah, it man. at all. Like, like, I, I, bite my, I bite my teeth into it, and it's like, well, where, 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 where's the rest? Empty calories. And supposedly... <laughs> They are trying to revamp it. They're trying. They said they're going to do a, a whole game rework. This has happened for other games in the past. Yeah, You've seen No Man's Sky, no Man's no Sky. Sky re- get but revamped. Just... Final Fantasy fourteen got revamped. Okay, chill. Final Fantasy fourteen has never failed in Sun. In the, in, 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 the original in, Final Fantasy fourteen is not the same game that you're playing right now. I know. I understand they got a rework. I'm they, not saying they had to rename rework. the game. They called it a Realm Reborn. Remember that. Look, like I said, <laughs> its expansions have never failed it, and it's always Those expansions got, have nothing to do with the fact that the game, when it released, needed game, to yeah. be reworked. So that's what I'm getting yeah. at here. Okay. So there are precedents I mean, for this <laughs> happening and being successful. So I'm hopeful that Anthem can turn this around because, yeah, like just like everybody else, I was super hyped for Anthem to be everything it was supposed to be, and it just wasn't. I guess the biggest difference I'm trying to illustrate when I when I'm defending Final Fantasy XIV, <laughs> right, is that right? No Man's Sky got a rework. How mm-hmm. many people are going back to No Man's Sky? You have some oh, people just... going back, right? Yeah, but it's not an active. It's not a successful game. I right? wouldn't say that. I think there are. Yeah, there are, they, they the have a decent community. It's gotten a lot successful. That's been because they also when I it got reworked they also released right. it on xbox because it was playstation exclusive before it got its rework and then that pretty much boosted its uh player base as well i don't know if it's on pc though 
This all I'm saying is after your whole tangent about Superman, and <laughs> he is so really ready to talk crap up out of his He only no, paid for like the two hours. I enjoyed the game. I was level forty-eight percent before I stopped playing. I don't have anything yeah. bad to say about the game. It's just good to see you sweat and have. <laughs> Like no one said Final Fantasy fourteen is bad now. Like that's the you point. Know. Like it was reworked and it became right. Good yeah, because it was bad. a train wreck like, before. I don't feel like Anthem's gonna make the comeback that Final Fantasy fourteen did, and to a lesser degree, I don't even know if it's gonna make the comeback that No Man's Sky did. If that's <laughs> gonna come back. Well, here's the thing: games that didn't have to make comeback. Let's see, Division two it started out good. Oh man, where is it now? Yeah, it's kind of so, just yeah. in the background. It sold really well, but yeah, people just, I think, just stopped playing it. It was such a good start. But once you were at the end game, it was like, okay, so now what? And the raids were impossible to put together. Yeah. And well, I, anyway. I think, I think one of the biggest things from, from all this is, um, well, going to, like, Anthem, going to Division, going into Sky, there was an initial huge boom of, yeah, this is amazing. And then the game's going to have to get a rework. You're not going to get. You're not going to go back and get the people that you had already burned. So your hope is that you're going to hopefully be getting a whole lot of new people from this, yeah. from this new particular thing. Because yeah, everyone before remembers all the crap that you did. Like for uh, for example, with the rework of uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, where the game came out and then it was amazing, but then later down the line for some strange reason it was updated with microtransactions for some really odd reason wow but then <clears throat> activision game right on, okay yeah but then <laughs> that wasn't on any but but that wasn't on any packaging or anything like that that mm-hmm. said that there was in-game purchases there was a later addition and i don't want to get into a jeff uh, Jeff style tangent um, <laughs> i feel like i might but um, i don't That's want be to segment um, but I will, but I will say this: It's interesting how the game that you see now will never be the game that you read during the review cycle. For example, No Man's Sky—they had a huge patch, and then the game is significantly different. Yeah. Um, to be able, to, so so, are you ever going to be looking at the really the final version? And I mean, dare I say it? And I don't want to, you know, um, vomit on screen, but Fallout seventy six. Oof. Like that game is still getting reworked, and by reworked, I mean new broken content is but, consistently yeah, being. That's added. the thing. I don't feel like they ever fully acknowledged how bad the game is. Like they never came out and said we're gonna we're gonna change what this game is. They just keep adding stuff to yeah. it. You know, that's all. They, that's it. But like, at, at the very least, EA is saying here, look, we're gonna change this. We're from the ground up, we're going to rework what this game is. So I'm super interested just to see what that turns out to be. Whether it actually succeeds or not, of course, it's still up in the air. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very interested in, in that process. Because we have seen it work before. A XCOM-type Stormtrooper, before the, before the Stormtroopers, like the Clone Wars-type uh, XCOM game. That's basically. Um... Wait, you mean turning Anthem into that? No, no, I'm talking about oh, no, Star Wars, Star Wars game. Oh, oh, okay. There's called, um, oh man, it's an old Star Wars game that was a top-down RTS. It was called uh, something about the galaxy. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, you look that up. 
yeah. we're gonna talk about <laughs> we're gonna move on to uh new pokemon news apparently sword and shield just got an expansion dlc yeah real quick before we talk about that it's called empire at war and it was actually pretty good you should check it out it's really old though so just heads up on that <laughs> empire All right. at war okay. yeah let's talk about this <laughs> so new pokemon content unlike previous pokemon generations they're not going to do the thing where they release a brand new third game that has you know slightly new content and more pokemon or whatever they usually do because i have not been playing pokemon for the last 15 years or whatever but instead they're doing dlc which is the norm for today's world so nintendo has finally caught up in some ways in that regard Eh, hold on hold on (laughs) okay the octopass the octopass expansion for splatoon 2 Right, okay, Ooh. yeah, they added, right. that was a multiplayer-only game, and they added, like, a story mode to that, right? No, it was it, it was an additional story mode, okay, so, uh, small, so, it was Octolings versus Inklings, you play as an Inkling, the Octopath expansion had you play as an Octoling that was awakened with a brand new campaign with additions to the multiplayer. Oh, it's like the Octo- Octoling of time. <laughs> sort of, and <laughs> well no, but then even before even before the Octopath expansion, you then still had all of the DLC that was released for Breath of the Wild, right? Mm. But so I, they have they have slowly been yeah they've been ramping it up. So it makes it makes sense that they would do this for Pokemon now versus what they used to do, which is release a third game. So yeah, this yeah. how much would that like? Would it would have been full price. Yeah, it would have been full yeah. price. But this now, this is a thirty dollar DLC expansion, right? And you're getting the two islands. Correct. Yep. You are getting the Crown Tundra and the Isle of Armor. Right. Uh, and looks- and what's really cool about this is people would have been really upset if they hadn't done this. But the additional Pokemon that are added, I believe they said two uh, hundred plus. The, yes, there will be there will be about one hundred in. Uh, there will be a little over one hundred released in both expansions. Right, so without paying for the expansion, you'll be able to use those Pokemon in the base game. That is It'll correct. be a free update, even if you don't buy the expansion. So you can either but trade... You can't go there. Yeah, you can't go islands. to the location where I think they no. are. I don't think yes. they're added to the previous locations, but you can trade from them, and if you had them previously, like in your Pokemon Home or National Dex or whatever they call it, you can transfer them into your game that way. Yes, that is that is correct. If you have someone who has... Uh, either expansion, they can trade you uh, the Pokemon, they can trade you uh, the items because I believe it is in the Isle of Armor that they are bringing back the apricots so that you can make specific type of Pokeballs. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like they're, they're, bringing, oh. they're, they're bringing that back, which I, I think is a very nice addition. I think it's interesting the theme that they're going with, you know what I mean? They got a crown, they got armor, they got sword and shield. I mean, yeah, very nightly. The what UK... Like, it's like modern day Camelot type stuff. Yeah. Shout out to the to the um, them bringing back. Uh, look like uh, Moltres. Oh right! Yes, Art, all the legendary, legendary all, all the legendary. Ooh. Uh, I'm sorry, gamer. Like the last bit of your audio cut out there. Sorry. All of the legend. <laughs> all of the legendary birds have. Very- Yep. Okay, so that's what that was. They're they're Galarianized. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like there's a there's a Galarian Slowpoke uh, that you can get, which has some tint of yellow. Yeah, on um, his head, yeah, I saw yeah. that too. So yeah, that's yeah. really cool because the the Galarian forms look kind of way better than <laughs> than the old ones to me, in my opinion. 
so I, I do want like so this was a conversation that I actually had with with uh, my co-host. So I wanted to pose the question to you guys: How do you feel about the fact that instead of having like like so previously there was Sun and Moon, and then there was Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about mm -hmm. the idea of the expansion? And let me just take it one step further because with this being an expansion one can assume that there might be another to release the next versions of the Pokemon. Essentially, you'll just continuously build upon the Sword and Shield game that exists now mm. versus you buying Super Shield and Shiny Sword or, yeah. or something mm -hmm. something along those lines. Like what, like, what do you guys, like, how do you guys feel about that? Where, like, in the event that you are a fan of Pokemon... Would it just be okay? Like uh, Destiny, boom! Destiny's a per basically Destiny's turning a Pokemon example. into a game and service. The base, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's an evolving huh. world, so that way. Um, I think. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. My bad. No, you're good. Okay. Um, uh, what I was gonna say is, I think that this is an interesting idea for base game. You know, um, and I think for this time and age and the, the people that they're servicing, this is the way to go. Um, bring it. Yeah. Let's see it. I mean, if it's good enough, we'll jump on. Just like Iceborne kicked up uh, Monster Hunter sales again because it's an amazing DLC. But you know, it's just coming back. It, it, it's it's all based off of the Monster Hunter base game. So, hey, Pokemon, I, I love what they did with Sword and Shield. Bring us more. Let's see what these expansions have to offer and it. keep it keep it going. Anybody who got Pokemon Sword and Shield, I mean, we're gonna get the DLC kind of without thinking about it. I mean, I think it's one of those things. I don't know about that. <laughs> think about like, nah. Well, you, you also haven't left, haven't gotten more than three gems. You know, I'm not. <laughs> Do you yeah, have your badges I can't, yet? I can't disprove that. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, so what Jeff is saying is anybody who plays the Pokemon game <laughs> is going to want to pick up that DLC, right? I mean, for sure, Pokemon fans are gonna jump at this. It's, it makes sense if you were gonna, if you're the kind of person who would have just bought a third game, or the kind of psychopath who would buy both versions of the game because there are a lot of people who do that. <laughs> there's no reason why you wouldn't get this expansion, right? Um, and I do think it makes a ton of sense for them to continuously release, you know, the Pokemon that are missing that everyone was crying about by doing an expansion and then release more of the Pokemon because it probably just takes them time. Like, they have to render all these Pokemon in this new engine and stuff. So, over time, they're probably going to get as many of the existing ones as they can back into the game world via this method, you know? Right. That so, I do think eventually they will want to make a new game where they can basically recharge all the sales because I think the drop-off is going to be there. Like, with each expansion, you're probably going to get less and less people jumping into it. So at least like a game of the year edition, that right? Because like just like, it. well, no, I don't. I don't think Nintendo's ever done that for. No, no, I mean that's when most games like that, like Destiny, did, where they released these DLCs, these DLCs, mm -hmm. then they released a form of it where where everything is the Taken King, but you got everything in between. Right. But I, what what I'm saying is because that that would be for like someone who never jumped in it in the first place to then try to just get everything all at once. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is. Like how all four of us basically bought the base game, either sword or shield, and like maybe the three of you are gonna get 
the DLC expansion, I'm not planning on it, at least not yet. Like, the next expansion, maybe just two of us of the four would be interested in that by you. then, you know? So, at some point, they're going to want to just re-energize the fan base and say, brand new brand games. New game. Right, you know? I don't see myself buying a new game, a new Pokemon game. I pay for DLC. I don't see myself. Because there's a final Well, not yet. Twenty. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, there's a final line between twenty nine ninety nine then fifty nine ninety nine. Right. Especially because Pokemon Sword and Shield is practically new, so it definitely yeah. wouldn't make sense. But the thing is, this is what they've been doing, and people have been buying it, so I can't, I don't understand Pokemon fans <laughs> in the least. Because <laughs> this is how they function. <laughs> <laughs> Buy two versions of the same oh, game that are identical, except for, like, this and that, and then... Oh, you're talking about this. Yeah, I think that's the cool thing about this one. When I'm playing uh, Shield, I don't feel like I'm missing out a whole bunch from Sword, especially no. because of the surprise yeah. trade and all the people that I can meet up that's playing Sword. So, yeah. um, the way they those, did it, I think it feels pretty moves. fair. Yeah, you know what? Okay. We're not so, any <laughs> anything more? <laughs> anything more on the Pokemon DLC? Uh, I hope Jeff doesn't cheat in the Pokemon <laughs> DLC like he did in the base game. Let's put it that way. There's no way to stop him, so. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our next topic. This has been a pretty hot thing going around the internet, and I just want to preface Ooh. this by saying some of the headlines are slight or very misleading. They're so, clickbaity. Yes. Yeah. So the idea that the Xbox Series X won't have console exclusive for at least a year after launch. A lot of people jumped in arms, up in arms about this over the internet. A lot of PlayStation fanboys went on the attack as they are known to do. <laughs> but uh, those, those Sony ponies. But what Sony this actually ponies. means is pretty similar to the same thing that Sony announced just a little while ago. The fact that mm-hmm. um, PlayStation 1 through 3 through 4, rather, games are all going to be playable on the PS5. Xbox is saying that Xbox Series X games will be playable on Xbox One, even the base model Xbox One, not just the Xbox One X, mm-hmm. in some fashion, for at least a year. So they're not going to cut out anyone who doesn't jump on the Xbox Series X right away. Yeah. What I what they didn't go into detail about is how. And what I'm predicting is that their streaming service, their xCloud service, is going to be how they make this function. So, like, without having developers compromise their game by making an Xbox, like, a base Xbox One game and then putting that on the Series X is by allowing an app or so to basically just stream that game in full resolution from, from Microsoft Game Service. Yeah. Huh. So and that's, then they just that's cut my it off when they need to. Right. <laughs> right. Or not. Or just never cut it off and just have everything play everything because they just want you to, in the Xbox ecosystem. There we go. They, they want you. They want you in their ecosystem. They want you to be able to play whatever you want, wherever you want, but on our stuff, right? Mm. Like, yeah, Thanks. which is um, to to a, a to a point made previously. That's just kind of where things are turning with at least certain certain levels of development. I still love my physical copies. I still love you know downloading a game and then putting it here though just like with my nintendo switch if i want to go play skyrim on the toilet then i want to go play skyrim on the toilet i just want to be able to go and play what i want to play when i want to play it 
um, joining the uh, Insider program and being able to play games on my phone. Like, you know, connect my Elite controller to my phone and, you know, flip it up. I'm playing Overwatch, like, on my phone. Like, I would never, you know, never really think about that. But to be able to just stream whatever game just to the box and then play it wherever, all you got to do is just sign into Microsoft to do it. Yeah, yeah okay. I think Thank I can get behind that. that convenience. Give me that convenience. <clears throat> uh, they also mentioned um, that they're likening their new hardware structure to that of the PC in a sense that games can basically be tiered. Because on a PC, you can have really old hardware and still fun- still play with certain um, current games because you basically you take down the settings. graphics. You, know? you yeah. can take down the lighting, the ambient occlusion, this, that, and the third. I don't think that's outside of the own possibility either to have builds like that run on your console where if you do have the Xbox One version of that game, you just have blockier characters or something, you know? If that's the way you... If you don't want to upgrade the actual hardware. Yeah. I think that's also another route they could go that one doesn't my, compromise um, the Xbox Series X version. One of my coworkers, he's he's a staunch... Um, he, he's a Sony pony, as gamer like to say. <laughs> um, but he, he did say, like, if the xbox series x becomes a 500 gaming pc he's gonna pick it up 100 yeah and and to to casey's point there is um i know in monster hunter when you download it you can choose to have to either be performance or graphics yeah and borderlands 3 you can choose performance or graphics when the game first starts out it obviously chooses graphics it wants you to you know see the hairs from you know mm-hmm. zane's hair or you know whatever the case may be now i have switched it over to performance and i am noticing things are significantly uh snappier so if yep. they can do that but at the console level oh oh yeah you're going to be bringing in a whole lot of people because me you know um i'm not the biggest i'm not the biggest fan of graphics you know, the game can be blocky. You know, uh, Thomas was alone. You know, <laughs> it was a literal block. That game was literal blocks. But the game was, <laughs> yeah. but, but the game was really fun. So if I can play newer games on older hardware, just, you know, crank down everything, whatever, so I don't see, you know, Batman's completely chiseled chest. But <laughs> I can still, of, you know... Sort of chiseled. The, right, sort of chiseled, <laughs> but I can still beat the crap out of the Joker. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I think I think it's a good it's a good halfway point for cuz cuz honestly, you could have someone who wants to play your brand new games go and buy an old console and then be able to play the brand new games. So you you're still getting console sales. Like maybe not as much from the uh the brand new thing, but they really do seem to be de-emphasizing that. What I will say though is they seem to be getting their messaging kind of twisted, which is a issue they ran into the beginning of this generation. You know what I mean? The fact that all the headlines say they won't have console exclusives for a year, that's problematic because that's something yeah. that sticks in your head. People will go and repeat that to their friends who don't read gaming news, and then they'll just think that that's the case without really knowing what's going on. And that yeah. can really hurt them. It really can. And, you know, and that's, that's why social media... Um, that's why just media in general is so important when it comes to these kind of releases and into the industry. You know what I mean? Um, That's why all, we exist. 
that's exactly why we exist. Which is why more of you need to be listening to us. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just say that. I think the general... This is a good move, but unfortunately it was not... The the words were not necessarily chose properly for for the distribution of this news, but what it seems, at least with me, Microsoft's main goal is play things... Play what you want, how you want, when you want, but in our box with our right. stuff. Like we're, it's we're not, not some forget you. Yeah, it's 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 like, hey, you were you were you enjoying that game um, over there? Oh, great. Well, then go go pick it up. Uh, go go pick it up on your your phone or whatever. I don't know if Microsoft is ever going to go anything where uh, Stadia, Google Stadia, um, is trying to go, but. I like the idea of convenience because as a soon to be uh, middle-aged gamer, I will I, I will pay for convenience. I want mm-hmm. to be able to do what I want when yep. I want. And if X if company blah gives me the ability to play to, to do just that and it is a service that I can depend on, then I will then then I will pay for that convenience. That. Jeff, is there anything you wanted to add to the no, I think Series X? Was, um, people just assumed that, like you said, it was, oh, you're not going to get, you're not going to play third-party games. Only third-party games are going to come out on mm-hmm. Series X on release. Um, I don't think a lot of people kind of saw that it's not going to be exclusively to the Series X. You know, if they make something, it'll be backwards compatible, which, you know, lets people who don't have the money to pony out for a new console can still attribute to the software sales. So, right. Um, that's it. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to do it for our topics. Uh, we're going to move yep. on to the mailbag. Um, mailbag. Friends of the show, Snicks360. <laughs> Thank you, my man. Thank you, Snicks. He has another great question for us. He asks, do you ever get bored with certain video game genres? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, can oh I give boy, mine first? Yes. Yeah, go right ahead. No, because <laughs> I, I constantly talk about this um, with some of my buddies. Um, MOBAs. There is not a lot of MOBAs that hold my attention for a long period of time. I cannot stand most of them. Now, I'm not saying there's no skill involved. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people can't be creative in MOBAs. I feel like and. Some people might disagree with this, but I feel like MOBAs is the esports equivalent to baseball, where you know that, that gonna, is very well put. <laughs> like you know that they're gonna go on this certain path, and there's only one way to score it, and that's basically it. Like you just watching them do the same. I don't know, and and I'll, I'll talk more about doing the same thing over and over when we get to our later subject because I have, I have something to say about that. But I feel like MOBAs are just the visuals are just too predictable, and it's boring for me to watch and it's boring for me to play. I still can't parse what's even happening in most of them, and like it makes me feel like the <laughs> oldest man in the universe. But like the crowd, like you're, I'm like, because I, I work for uh, an esports center, so League yeah. of Legends, for example, is like a big deal it's here. Huge, yeah. So like I'll watch. Uh, games like from championship games and stuff, and you'll see the commentators lose their minds, the crowd going wild, and I'm sitting here like, 
Um, like, you got to zoom in. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, he did die, huh? Like, <laughs> I, I, like there was that was a death. Like, what? I, I, what happened? <laughs> well, for someone who actually plays MOBAs, mm-hmm. I think when League of Legends does come to console, I would be interested to see you both try it. I, okay. I will try. I want to understand yeah. it better. Honestly, yeah. the MOBA that I do want on console, and you guys might not agree with me, Heroes of the Storm. I actually liked playing that, Heroes and I think Heroes it's more because, but it got yeah. left behind by uh, by Blizzard. By Blizzard, yeah, they yeah, they like just stopped supporting it, right? Yeah, it was really bad. But I, I I know the lore behind it. I think that's the biggest appeal for me. But yeah, for me uh, having someone to explain everything to me. Because my buddy Joe, before, uh, that's why I got into MOBAs. He was teaching me how to play League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Having someone explain the things to me and actually trying out different champions and stuff, it kind of started to add to... It got me interested. But before then, I had no interest in playing MOBAs at all. Gotcha, but having gotcha, somebody gotcha. explain to me what was going on, what this does, what that does, it kind of uh, eased the introduction into MOBAs for me. And ever since then, i played League of Legends. I've played... Um, Guardians of Middle-Earth. Yeah, I played some of that. Rings, I didn't like Moba. it. Um, yeah, Casey just doesn't like Lord of Rings. But, um, <laughs> it's not true. Uh, to answer Snake's question, I don't think I've ever gotten tired. Oh, nope. I used to play a lot of Madden. I got tired of the sports genre. Um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I stopped buying them every year and just gave it up altogether. So why do you think that you did that? Because it was the same thing over and over again. <laughs> different. Right. And for me... Sports games, I'm not one to play a career or to mm. play against a computer. I pick up a sports game to play against friends. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. my friends don't play sports games anymore. So it kind of helped to – there was nothing keeping me there. Makes sense. I will say with the recent sports games and the attention to story and the career mode, I've gained more interest. Not enough to really pick it up you, and put that time in. purchase? I, that's why I said. I literally oh, okay. just said. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough to pick it up yet, but I've definitely been like, okay, maybe I'll watch some streams on this and see how people are going through these stories and see okay. the cameos that come in and the, the voice acting and all so that So you could see stuff. yourself buying one maybe in the next week or so, month? A year, maybe. I actually thought about getting um, that first um, NBA 2K that had the the story mode in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, the one. I thought, that I was, I thought about picking that one up. It. Not getting it. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> that's all. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying that I'm I'm leaning back into interest with it, but I'm not there yet. Gotcha. Uh, for me, in terms of getting bored, I, for a long time, was pretty much done with the platforming genre. You? Yeah. Um, I, wow. I, I, know, I know that's weird to say now because yeah. I, I kind of... And honestly, the thing that got me back into it was the same thing that kicked me out of it. So Super Mario World was basically the first game that I really played all the way through. Like, So yeah. I was a big Mario fan, and I played pretty much every Mario game that I could up until Super Mario Galaxy on the Wii. And I heard that was one of the best ones. That's the thing. It got like a 10 on IGN. It got like great scores everywhere. And I played through the entire thing and was bored. Of the entire game. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm into platformers anymore. And any other Mario game that came after that, like Super Mario Galaxy 2, any of the new Mario Bros, this, that, and the third, yeah, yeah. completely ignored. And then that translated into any you know indie games or any other games of platform. Because like if Mario 
wasn't interested in me as a platformer. I wasn't paying attention to anything else. You know what I mean? So it wasn't until Mario Odyssey on the Switch that I went yeah. back, played through that, and was like, okay, there is more you can do in a platforming game. And it really just, from that point forward, I was back on with platformers. Like, is that when you went back to like Mega Man and well, uh, the thing, Hollow Knight? I, yeah, sort of. Cause yeah, pretty much yeah. Cause I yeah, that was cause that was after I got the Switch. Like I played I played Mario Odyssey on um, Snake's 360 Switch, for example. Actually, because okay. I didn't have one of my own yet. Like I played it to review it. So then right. at that point, I was sold on on the fact that okay, there's more in platformers. So mm-hmm. once I got my own Switch, yeah, I, Hollow Knight was one of the first games I had on it. I got the Mega Man X Collection, which is one of my favorite Mega Man games. I started playing those again. So yeah, I, I basically fell into a rut, but I. Yeah, platformers have evolved, and I don't know if maybe I was just wrong, and I was tired of just the Mario formula up to that point, mm-hmm. or there was just some kind of renaissance, and platformers basically breathed new life into themselves, and then I got reinterested. But yeah, for a while I was just I you couldn't tell me anything about a platformer. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna touch it. Okay. Um. So, do I ever get bored with certain video game genres? Uh, one has already been hit on, so yes, sports. I can't, I don't understand. It, it's like the teams change, especially more specifically football games. Mm-hmm. I, I, it, my, my eyes just completely glaze over, and I just, I, I go and watch paint dry because that's what's more interesting. Um, <laughs> um, and the other one would have to be, um, I don't know if this would be considered a genre, um, but it is today. Uh, is for this purposes, um, FPS war shooters, because I can see that. I, because for a while I was like, man, everyone's playing like Call, like that. Similar to Jeff, I'm gonna play these games with other people. I'm not just gonna play this by the self because what do I care about the campaign? It's the same. It's basically the same campaign as the last game. So right. what's <laughs> what's the point? But I'm looking at it and it's like, well, okay, so what what what's what's different? What is what what is the, the, the unique selling point for this? And for a while there just wasn't Yeah, there was <laughs> they were really just more. And they like, they annualized them so the turnaround so they, they really couldn't do too much to change things up either. Exactly. So it's like, okay, so you got Call of Duty Modern Two and then Advanced then blah 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 and then now we're going back around the cycle back to modern warfare <laughs> right they just did a, a full time like, loop like oh, okay and and, and, I'm, and i'm just like why i'm like let let, let me let, let me let me go play something else cuz like you know you put the bullets in the gun you shoot the gun at the bad guy okay like what 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 else really what's different is, Exactly, like, oh, if I get, you know, 500 headshots and I get a diamond cameo of my gun that no one else is really going to be able to really see because I'm never really going to be close enough to an enemy to be like, oh, wow, that's a really nice skin on that gun. Like, come on, I, I can't, I, I just, unfortunately, I just, I can't get into that. Yeah, uh, you and, gotta and, and make maybe, it a little bit more interesting. Exactly, and maybe it's because, you know, as I mentioned before, I am a I, I am an older gamer. You can't just you know dangle something pretty in front of me and be like you know you buy it. It's like no, like you, you got to give me a little bit more than that. I need substance. 
Give me something I can sink my teeth into. You know, going back to, you know, a nice, beautiful cake filled with styrofoam pellets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, you have to be right. So that was our mailbag topic. We're going to move now to our top three. Try to get this over quick because we are kind of running uh, long. <laughs> we're just so excited to be back. You know what Right, I'm yeah. So we want to give you guys a ton of content. You've been missing us. So much understand. to talk about. Yeah. Let's so, knock this out. In honor of the new decade, we're going to talk about the last one in terms of um, our top three games from it. So yeah. um, I'll go first because I have these written down right here and you guys can get into yours. Uh, yeah. Destiny 2. I, well, Destiny period, but Destiny 2 because it's a better version of Destiny. Yeah. I honestly feel like it ushered in this era of games as service, and that's very significant. Like, the way the way games kind of just continuously live on and become a lifestyle for some people mm-hmm. is kind of incredible. And yeah. I I like that trend. Like, I, I like what they've done constantly iterating. It's, it's similar to what MMOs have done in the past, but kind of bringing it to, you know, consoles and into different genres that that can carry, you know, Twitch reflexes and stuff. I think that that's amazing. And the fact that it's spread to all these other games uh, is dope. So I, I really honor Destiny 2 with that, and which is why I'm picking it, putting it on this list. Um, my second would be Mass Effect 2. Wow. I love that game. I that, did not see it on your top of the decade, but I that's come awesome. I up with another top. Oh, do, am I co- <laughs> I'm covering your stuff? <laughs> My bad. I mean, Ma- Mass Effect 2, specifically 2, it, it just, it kind of set up a standard in terms of video game storytelling. Like, there's some other games I probably could have went with, but Mass that Effect 2... fundamentally solid. Yeah, it, 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 it tells you a phenomenal story. It has an amazing world. Like, everything that's in the codex in that game is interesting. Like, I would yeah. read a Mass Effect book if I was the kind of person who just read books, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing world, amazing gameplay, but the, the way it tells its story that lets you live the story and feel like you're in control of that story is amazing. Yeah. And, like, I don't think there's been a game that's really done it to that effect since. Like, and I'd be interested to get back. Like, maybe The Witcher 3. I haven't really gone through it that, that deeply. But it does seem like there's a good story in that. But Mass Effect 2 kind of set a precedent for just telling good story and telling good RPG story in, yeah. like, the modern era. So, like, I really do credit that for this gen- uh, decade. And my last one is Bloodborne. Wh- okay. So, it's a PS4 exclusive. And it is the best From Software game created. I'm loving Sekiro, but I do still think Bloodborne is a better game. Mechanically, wow. the way it... It, it's the way its mechanics work with the the story in the game. The way the story is cryptic, but it's there. The way the way that game makes you feel as you play it is unlike anything else. Like I love that game, and it's just it's just masterful gameplay mechanics. Like the way that game feels to just play is yeah. fantastic, and. Any other game that looks at combat needs to look at what Bloodborne did. They don't need to copy it exactly, but just look at its just look at its design, you know, theory. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like the way it, the way it gives you certain options against certain enemies, and like that back and forth, like the the rhythm of combat, like the way levels, like Dark Souls One, the way levels like twist and turn and 
take you into other ones like the the world design all of that all just fits together so perfectly that game is fantastic and it, it's the it's the game that told that taught me that i actually like lovecraftian horror which was not a thing that i was aware of but so that that just sticks with me that's probably just one of the best gaming experiences i've had like in my life period so i definitely had to put it on this list so those are my three okay, okay. since so you took two of mine um, <laughs> my, bad. Two? my bad my bad so my first one's gonna be uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Stop! 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 I'm just about to say how these two chuckleheads ain't logged in in a minute. <laughs> oh my god! No, but for real, um, it's gonna be The Witcher three. So The Witcher three. Yeah. Um, I know I'm just now getting back up to speed in it, but when I first played it, I couldn't put it down. I was doing all the side quests hunting down um, random boss encounters in different areas, going picking up all the diagrams for the different pieces of armor. Um, just like the show, it's a great game. Um, the the lore is there. The different monsters from different types of mythology all come together. That's um, one thing I do like about The Witcher is, is the monster inclusion. It seems like yeah. they're coming from everywhere. And you got to hunt each one almost differently. So it's kind of like right. a more immersive monster hunter for me it's, mm. it's the monsters are very very unique not to say monster hunters aren't these are very 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 unique and it's always a specific a story type right yeah like they're they're yeah, very cool. they're like yeah, living multiple, things exactly and there's always multiple ways to do different things depending on your level depending on um your axie how how far you level that up you can just kind of have somebody almost do what you want them to do you mm -hmm. might try that in another situation there might be a second person watching and say oh no 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 he, he's using his witcher magic on you you know so you can't really that really won't work mm -hmm. and the person will be less trustworthy of you because you tried to use that so Interesting. it's not a, a fix all to all conversations um and it's just an amazing game even though the game was only 60 bucks there were almost three games inside of that game huh just because of the the amount of hours it would take to do everything interesting one of the main reasons um, why i was so put off yeah by it. jumping into it because i'm like i'm not ever gonna finish it <laughs> one of the things is you can always jump back in jump back out jump back in jump back out i always find myself playing a witcher when um whatever i'm playing currently is stale or i'm playing something where it's very multiplayer oriented and I don't want to go too far because then I can't play with the people I'm already playing with and I can pop onto the Witcher and kind of play what I want. Gotcha, like gotcha, said, gotcha. The show helped kind of push that along. Number two is going to be um, Dark Souls 3. Um, mm. And probably was my favorite one of the series. I've played one, I've played two, I've played three, I've played all the DLC for one and two. Um, three was my favorite just because it helped to expand because it was a story being told, even though each Ashen one was different than the last. Mm -hmm. This one kind of opened it up for me. The, the weapons were very unique. I mean, I had a dragon spear that was a spear sword that when you held it, you can use it as a sword. When you held it in one hand, you can use it as a as a spear. And you can call down lightning. Um, Casey might wow. remember that. Um, but being <laughs> too, the, the thing that sets Dark Souls, because uh, me and Casey were pretty opposite. He loved Bloodborne. I thought Bloodborne was okay. The, for me, the combat in Dark Souls, sword and shield, whether I went with a sword and shield or I didn't, 
being able to cast magic, I could do whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I can do a dex build. I can do a magic build. I can do a faith build. I can throw lightning. I can cast fireballs. I can use swords. I can use spears. I can use a bow. I can do whatever I want to do. And uh, the topic only was being able to invade other people and also be invaded. All right. right. So I'm going to first start uh, show my weeb. (laughs) Persona 5. The children's show. Yes. It had to be up here. Persona 5. Yeah. I am... a video game, There, there's a variety of video games out there. I love a video game that makes me feel, that engages me, that either makes me want to toss my controller, then pick it up and jump back in, yeah. or I never want to let it go. Persona 5 hurt me so badly. And I was just like, I need to go play that again. Because <laughs> I, there's something that I missed, or I yeah. didn't get every single Persona, or I didn't do something with that archive. And every single story was really emotional. It really, really got me. And so I played it, and now it's going to be on the Switch, and I'm going to be like, well, I guess I'm getting this game again. Like, <laughs> so Persona 5. And then secondly, um, Undertale. Oh, I feel oh, like we to play that. Undertale, that game hit everyone so hard like it took over the internet i would say more than five nights at freddy's with just how much it exploded and i mean past the video game because you had people cosplaying undertale characters you had whole alternative universes that were made from this very simple looking very game. Simple. Yeah. Like th- this this was not a this was not a detailed game in sense of graphics. It was a severely detailed game in the sense of story. And people who still want to play this game now will look at it and almost the same things will surprise them each and every time. The same twist. And it's like you know it's coming. How many how many remixes like people have remixed Toss a coin to your Witcher. How many remixes of Megalovania? How many remixes of <laughs> like? And you haven't even played the game, but people mm-hmm. know. Oh yeah, that's Megalovania in the background of that YouTube remix or, or or something like that. So there's that, and then finally, a game that I've put well over a hundred hours in, Borderlands Two, and I don't mean just the base game. I'm talking every single DLC in addition to the headhunter packs mm-hmm. because that was a that was an amazing thing that they that they did because people was like yes give it to us and then they were like oh uh tiny tinas um oh man, bunkers and badasses that. and then yeah. after that they were like oh you guys want well we got some headhunter stuff awesome and people just ate that up like I, I was pulling up my my character builds right now i had 18 wow Eight, 18 different characters wow. with like with from from zero to uh may uh to maya. Uh, gage to maya to mm-hmm. Cree, the psycho who was my favorite like it was just so memorable that i can go back pick up that game 
and 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 I could just do it all over again and feel like I would lose nothing. You know, shout out to my um, you know wonderful wife for one of my birthdays. She farmed a boss for four hours to get me a weapon. That was how much I loved this game. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, <laughs> like so. Yeah, that's last but not least. Though, so yeah, so Persona Five, Undertale, Borderlands Two. I feel it. I feel it. Nice. Okay, so for me, um, you already know. Let's, let's start off. Star Wars has to be in the mix. Um, <laughs> shocking, uh, shocking, right? <laughs> uh, what I did find shocking, actually, let, real quick, is that Monster Hunter World wasn't on your list, Sigma. Because I, honestly, I feel like Monster Hunter World um, is kind of an offshoot of Destiny and Bloodborne, like the mechanics okay. and the service of like. I can give you that. So I didn't want to. That was my reasoning. Got you, got you. All <laughs> right, so anyway, back to Star Wars. Nazi Republic 2 came out in 2004. I had to double-check to make sure it was in this decade. I love that game, <laughs> 100%. Um, a lot of people say the first one's better, but that's a lot of people. That's not me. I love the second game. Um, I played it with my brother, and I, I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, where I did the bad side, he did the good side, and we kind of did it back. It was a... My first real introduction without even knowing it into D&D stats like role-playing game. And the fact that it was in the Star Wars universe was just an extra bonus uh, for me. I loved it. I will continue to play that game um, whenever whenever I need that feeling of nostalgia and whenever I want to just jump back into that that um, era of the Star Wars universe. Cool. Um, I, I got it on Xbox. Um, I Actually, my girlfriend bought it for me because I love that game so much. So I, I own that, I love it, and I'm going to continue to play it. Um, the next one, as Jeff so eloquently mentioned before, <laughs> is Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I've had... I played that game when it first came out, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I was, when it first came out, didn't like it. Yeah, apparently it was bad. It. <laughs> you know, it, I, I couldn't understand it. I, I It's not because... Um, the tutorials were bad or anything like that. I just wasn't in that head frame. Nowadays, I've run a free company for about two years now. Um, the the gentle guard, shout out to GG. Um, and I love it. There's a lot of things you can do in it that you can't do in most other uh, MMOs. There's huge social aspects to it. There's huge mechanical uh, aspects when it comes to the fighting, uh, or I should say combat. Um, and the character customization is so detailed and gorgeous. Every every piece of gear in that just fits the theme, and they still update it and get new stuff. And it's 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 a gorgeous game. Um, I've met lots of great people, lots of people who listen to um, us here. I they found us found out about us through the free company, and um, you know that network is just ever expanding. I have a Instagram for my character, y'all. That's how detailed this stuff is. Like, <laughs> I swear, my my character Instagram at one point had more followers than my personal Instagram. It was ridiculous. But anyway, um, there's a huge community out there of really good players. Like, in general, it's probably the least toxic community that I've gaming community that I've been a part of, and I, nice. I love it. Yeah. And last but not least, another personal one for me: Overwatch. Of course. I, I love Overwatch. Of course. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And if I was something talking... is not related to 
Overwatch <laughs> ain't blue. It, it, it's just not. Like, I, I really do love Overwatch. Now, there's a couple reasons why, and, and real to, to kind of make it short. One, my girl and I bonded over Overwatch when we first started talking. Um, so that's that's always going to be a selling point for me, you know? Um, second of all, I don't understand, and I, I mentioned this earlier, I don't understand how I can play the same couple maps with the same characters for hours and hours and hours at a time playing the same game modes. Like, it's the replayability, for some reason, just clicks in my head. I love most of the character stories. I love all the character designs. Um, just, it's so satisfying to do well in that game. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So I love Overwatch, and yeah, I love Kombat the way they reveal things. Is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my top three for the decade. I had some honorable mentions. Um, Real quick, list them off. What are okay. Modern Hunter, Monster <laughs> Hunter World, um, GTA V, uh, what was this other one? Oh, oh, and Fire Emblem Awakening. I love that game. Uh, I wish I played that, but I didn't. <clears throat> that one was great. Um, it was, yeah. But anyway, we can talk about it another time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to wrap things up. We're going to go ahead and sign off. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Jeff, yeah. where can people find you on the internet? So you can find me at Superman Jeff 12 on Twitter, mm-hmm. on Mixer, hey. and Superman Jeff 12, please, on Facebook. That's right. Mr. Gamer, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, S-B-R-M-R-G-A-M-E-R, on Twitter, uh, the Start Button Review on Facebook. Um, and then you can also find me, SBR Reports, my podcast, which is on, I think it's on just about every listening device plus your toilet. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a bad place yeah, to listen reports. to something. It's Reports. It's not Review, y'all. I'm just letting yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, SBR Report. <laughs> Blue, where can people find you? It's your boy, Blue Bones, B-L-U-B, zero N-E-S. You can find me on Twitter at the same handle, Blue Bones. And um, on Mixer at Blue Bones XB as an Xbox, Wakanda Forever. Um, yeah, and on Facebook with Play With Blue Bones. All right, Sigma, can, what you got, bro? Yeah, you can find me at Sigma Gears 9 on pretty much all social media. Uh, you can find my reviews on escapismagazine.com as well as their YouTube uh, please, 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 if you have not already, subscribe to the BBET Gaming YouTube channel. Um, That's right. I believe there's also a BBET Twitter now? Yeah, there's a at BBET Gaming for Twitter, and um, the Facebook is in the works right now, too. So you guys get to see everything all in one spot. Right. So, And if you aren't already, make sure to follow Gamer on his mixer. Um, <clears throat> he needs to get his followers up. And uh, follow everybody on Twitter. Jeff has a Twitter yeah. now. So, you know, just keep us keep us in your hearts and minds. We'll be back next week. That was it for episode 30. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Peace. Deuces.